Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in the winter of 2000. Previously, on a new winter. I felt my breath stop. That hair. I only knew one person who had hair like that. Mr. Tooney gave a little clap. Here she is, he said. And the woman stood up and there, in front of me, was Kate Stockwell. This is episode 32 of A New Winter. I couldn't believe it. Here, in front of me, was Kate. Kate, I... I did not know what to say. I know you see me as Kate, but you must know I'm not. They chose this for you. They thought it would make it easier. Make what easier? Mr. Tooley stepped in. Well, in fact, you chose her. But not for the same reasons. This isn't making any sense. How is Kate alive? Oh, Kate's very much dead, Tootie answered. You see her in front of you, but... She's now host to one of us. Well, one of you. One of me, I asked. My head started thumping again. Yes, but you're... Still holding on to your old memories, you're somehow still him and the others from before. No matter what we do, he's still clinging on. It's quite persistent. No, wait. And I started to hyperventilate. What are you saying? That I came from one of those, those things? That I'm not me? Calm down, Tooley said. You're not well. But I had to get out. I had to get out of there. It couldn't be true. It just can't be. I pushed past all the masked ones and ran out into the farm and onto the road. And I didn't stop. I didn't know where I was going, but I didn't look back. I fell over and hit my head. But soon the thoughts came rushing back in of Kate, the masked ones. And I stood up, even weaker now, and just kept pushing on. I just kept running and running, and whilst I was running, I decided that I was crazy. 
I decided that I'd made it all up. In fact, that was it. I'd just gone insane. I wonder where the turning point was. The one event where I'd lost my handle on reality. Was it entering the used entrance? Did that even exist? Was it even earlier? Or maybe... Maybe I'd just been like this all along. But from a distance I noticed a car flashing its lights and sounding its horn. I slowed down. Was it Dewbridge? Michael, maybe? Wait, I heard someone shout from the car. Wait, stop, it's Jack. And so I stopped for this tiny blue Volkswagen to pull up. Jack Reynolds was waving inside for me to get in. So I did. I just sat there. What happened back there? Where did you go? Back where? At the church? I've... I've no idea. You tell me what happened. Well, all I know is that I was chatting to Ian. Suddenly I was on the floor. Where did you go? I ran. I... I just ran. There were those... There's masked, weird people around. I don't know. I just I just wasn't staying there. Huh. Uh, where did you go after that? Where have you been? Oh, I, I stayed at the Bell, but... A lot's happened. So someone was killed there. I just couldn't stay. I, I just tried to find somewhere else. I said. I was feeling my voice crack. God, what on earth happened to you? Are you okay? Yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I think I saw Kate. Jack's face looked shocked. I think you need to lie down. You're clearly not thinking straight. Father Jack, I said, rubbing my palms together. I've gone insane, haven't I? Look, son, this town has an effect on people. The important thing is that you're safe. You're safe and you're well. But what's wrong with me? I started sobbing. Hey, nothing's wrong with you. There's nothing we can't fix. Let's get you holed up somewhere. Where did you say you were staying? The bell? Yeah, I said, but I can't go back there. Jackie, Jackie was found there. Dead. She'd been killed. Okay, okay, Jack said. Okay, just calm down. Look, we'll sort it out, okay? You don't need to say any more. Let's just get there. I'll take care of everything. I nodded. Like a child. Like a scolded child who's suddenly given a welcoming hand. It was pathetic, really, but I didn't care. I thought that was it. My mind had snapped, and to be honest, I just didn't care much what happened to me now. We pulled up to the bell. Stay here, Jack said, and got out. I sat there for ten minutes or so, just staring out the window. He came back and waved me to come in with him. We went up to room 108, walking past the room where... Well, the room where Jackie had been killed. Michael's room. We went back into the room where I'd been staying. This is it, right? Jack said. This was the room you'd been staying in? Yeah, I said. But how did you... Look, don't worry about it. Just relax. Sleep. Rest. Jack smiled, as if waiting for a reaction. Um, okay, I said, and smiled back, disingenuously, 
Right, well, I'm going to go, but don't do anything. Sit here and rest. Don't worry about the room, it's all paid for. Just sleep. I nodded, and Jack left. I looked out the window and watched him walk around the corner to his car. Then once I'd seen the car leave, I looked around the room. I checked everything, the bed, the light fittings, anything I could. I needed to make sure I wasn't being watched or bugged. I didn't care if it was me being paranoid. I thought back to seeing Kate. She was now, what, a host? To whatever they were. But looking around, there was nothing. A good sign, I suppose. No bugs, nothing. I was exhausted and I settled down to rest, hoping I'd feel better tomorrow. But suddenly, after what seemed like only an hour of resting, there was a loud bang on my door. I hesitated. Open up, it's me. I wasn't sure, but I opened the door and I saw Dewbridge standing there. Where the fuck were you? And he looked out of breath. I saw Kate, I said, and Tubridge lowered his head. Oh, damn it, he sighed. What the hell are they up to? He pushed past me and laid on the bed. I saw he was clutching his stomach. He was bleeding. What, what's, what's happened? Are you okay? I asked. Yes, yes, fine, fine. Look, it's nothing. Well, it doesn't look like nothing. Someone jumped me. Where were we supposed to meet? There were masks, some balaclava or something. Who did you tell about us meeting? Who knows? But me, no one. I swear. I swear it. Look, you need to go to a hospital, surely. And I need to go to a hospital. I'll be fine. It looks worse than it is. I just need to keep pressure on it. Dewbridge. What happened to Kate? I mean, what's going on? Look, she... She won't be Kate, he said, through a grimace. What do you mean? What are they? Aliens or something? Dewbridge laughed. <laughs> no, no, not aliens. Jesus. I guess they are... Well, possessed? Possessed by what? Look, trust me, you don't want to know. I took a minute to raise the courage for what I'd been ignoring so far. Look, I do want to know. It's, it's, it's Tooley. He said I was one of them. Is he right? Truthfully, I'm not sure, Dewey answered. Sincerely. Whatever's happened, they're not quite happy about it. They don't seem to know how to deal with it. Hmm. And just then the window smashed. I quickly ducked. What the hell was that? Then the next one smashed. I looked, and I could see two bricks were flung into the room. I looked out the window, but I couldn't see anyone. I looked at the bricks, and I could see that one of them had a piece of paper attached to it with an elastic band. I opened it up, and in scribbled writing, it said, I know what you are. Hmm. Well, at least someone does, I thought. Come on, Dewey said. We can't stay here, bricks flying around. He cried out in pain and grabbed his stomach as he got up. I went to help him, but he just shooed me away. I'm fine, I'm fine, stop bothering me, let's just go. 
We walked outside the bell. Where now? I asked. Well, let's go to my car. You're going to have to drive. Dubridge looked at me intensely. We're going to leave this town. I felt my stomach rumble. And I suddenly got extremely nauseous. Okay, I said. Okay, let's go. I'm going to leave. We got into his car and I got behind the wheel. He lay down on the back seat, grumbling in pain. Can you even drive? He asked. And I had to think about it. Uh, I'll try. As soon as I took his keys, I switched the engine on, started driving. Where are we going? I asked. Okay, anywhere. Just go. Let's get out of here. I've had it. I promised Grahams I'd take care of you. I would try and make sure nothing happened. Why? Why would she even care? Because of who you were. Who you really are before all this, before anything else. Before they took you away and brought you back. She was your sister. What? And the shock made me swerve the car. As I pulled it back, I saw someone in the middle of the road. I had a flashback of the little girl, the one I thought I'd hit in my dream. And as we got closer, I drew my breath. Because it indeed was a girl, standing in the road. I slammed the brakes and came to a stop just before her. What are you doing? Dubit shouted. He looked up over the seat from behind me, and we both saw the girl. She was wearing a black balaclava, and as she stood there, she took it off. And I knew her. I recognised her immediately. It was Sophia, the daughter of the German. She just stood there, motionless. Drive, drive, Juba shouted. But I didn't move. I just watched as she put her hand in her pocket. She pulled out a gun. And within a second, a shot rang out. The windscreen shattered and I shielded my eyes. And as I opened them, I saw that in the back seat was Dubridge, with a hole in the centre of his head. I just want to say a big thank you to those that have sponsored the show on Patreon. We've taken off our premium package now, but you can still go on Patreon and make a donation as much as you want. Every little bit will help. And... Hopefully we can keep giving you more content. Soon we'll be releasing the extra content that was exclusive to the Patreon members over the next few weeks. So please watch out for that. And you can tweet us, as always, at a new winter, or email us at anewwinterpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.